It's time for another power-packed episode of Headspace with Dr. Mike. Each week, Dr. Mike is committed to addressing real life, sometimes polarizing and controversial issues, while offering practical and informed insight. Listen in as we discuss hot topics that matter to us and the communities we live in. Good morning, everywhere. Good morning, everywhere. This is Dr. Mike sitting here in the beautiful Elevation Global Media studio here in Towson, Maryland, outskirts of Baltimore, Be More. This is our home. We love it. Y'all can say what y'all want to say. This is our home. And no, not all of us are cast members of The Wire. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> True story. I to be. True story, though. You wanted to be? I did. I definitely did. Did you really? Yeah, I don't know. It didn't matter who I was. I just wanted to be You just wanted to be in it. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I always tell people that uh, I grew up Baltimore-ish. Like, I didn't really grow up in Baltimore. We grew up in the outskirts of Baltimore. (sighs) Give it up to to our town. We we did. We, you know, that whole, that's a whole... He is rocking the Randallstown shirt. I have that one. Yes, you know. Okay. Randallstown Rams, that's our us. DNA. It, it is. It, it is. <laughs> but I, uh, you know what? I'm like, I we could get off into a conversation and we didn't talk about that. But uh, did we not grow up in Baltimore? Y'all don't feel like we grew up in Baltimore? I, mean, I think this we is... did a little bit, but mm-hmm. the shelf. Put this on the shelf. Uh, all right, right. All right. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's a whole okay. But good morning there. Good morning. <laughs> what do you call them? Headspacers? The headspacers. Everybody, headspacers. You know, you know, we're having this conversation. I know you may be saying, well, I'm not from Baltimore, but you are from, a, well, you may be from an area that has a metropolitan area. And so we grew up in the suburbs. We are suburban nights. But, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, though, I mean, all three of us knew how to take the subway downtown. We know how to do things like that. We knew how to go to Lexington Market. I mean, anybody that could survive Lexington Market, you know, that's, <laughs> that's pretty pretty significant. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Hey, it is so nice to see you all, to hear you all, talk to you all today. Christy, how you doing over there? I'm doing pretty good, Mike. I, I made it through another week. Another week. You know, Was it me or did this week just last like oh. a month? Listen, this was the longest week. This was the monthiest week there was. (laughs) That has been the consensus of everybody, that this has just been a long week. I don't know. I don't know what what everybody's talking about, but it was a long week. We have a great show stocked up for you today. Oh, my gosh. So much to talk about. Yeah, we got a a lot to talk about, y'all. We got a lot to talk about. And uh, with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and hand it off to... Uh, Christy, get us started with some head notes. All right. Head notes time, ladies and gentlemen. Let's see. I'm going to start with a local story. I know that you all, all the headspaces out there are not from Baltimore or Maryland, but it's worth conversation. Okay, so there, a story came out this week about a Baltimore City student who was allegedly in the 11th grade and had a 0.13 GPA. Not only did he have a 0.13 GPA, but that, that, that ranked him within the top the the top half of the class. Mm. So what does that say? So it's appalling on so many levels. I don't even know where to start. I mean, that's that. The fact that he was in 11th grade, but the school kept passing him. Mm-hmm. So this behavior, this lack of, it, oh, and he, he was truant or, or absent like more than 2,000 times in mm. the three years. Mm. Wow. Um, so 
But what did the this, mother say about oh, all this? Oh, this, this is where I'm going, okay? Not only did the school pass him all this time, kept on promoting him to the next grade, mom said she had no idea that he was failing. And when the school contacted her this year to say that they wanted him to go back to the ninth grade at 17 years old, she pulled him out of school because she said that they never told her. I want to know how you as a parent, mm. let's just put the school to the side for a second here because you're a parent first. How as a parent do you not know that your child, you know, you just don't mm. care? Is this coming, is now, now to, uh, oh, you know, uh, you know where I go. Go ahead and try to this. play devil's advocate for this. <laughs> My pastor always says the devil don't need an advocate. <laughs> so I don't say story. that, but I do, I, I get what you're saying, Chris. I was, that wasn't rebuking you or anything. Go for it, Mike. <laughs> we, are, we do um, this every week. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> but at the, uh, I go two sides of this because that's coming from, you know, all three of us had our parents in the house. Mm-hmm. You know, we had parents that were actively engaged in our education. This is my point. So the question is, what about those who don't have that? But she, okay, we don't know the whole story. I understand what you're saying. But if you are now involved enough to say that you're going to pull your child out and that, no, he's not going back to ninth grade, where were you? And three, to three, make three it years? a news story, because I didn't watch. I mean, I, I, I saw the promos, and honestly, I wasn't interested because the first thing that I thought was that she was negligent. Um but not knowing the situation and not know and not having watched the whole story, it seemed like she was front and center in the interview. And it's like, I, yeah. I, I don't know how we don't look at you first. I mean, yeah. I don't know how we. I guess. I guess my question is: Had they had the school been reaching out to her uh, through the years, and they she was they... ignoring it? Now, if she was ignoring it, or he was, mm-hmm. you know, if that was happening, then yeah, you're right. There is there is something else there. But I mean. I mean, to get below 1.0, we I all mean, know you no. have to work. You have to work hard to do that. Listen, like you have to. I mean, you, you have to work hard. You have like, to do nothing. Like you, you have literally. <laughs> a matter of fact, I know people that do nothing and still don't have a 1.0. Like you have to literally like make up in your mind you are going to fail. Well, and if you're not there <laughs> to do the work, yeah. then you can't. Two thousand. That, that's a lot. But that's to say again. Let's go that's back three to three years worth. I mean, that's. I mean, how how many hours there required? Like 180 hours a year or something. like Listen. No, not 180 hours. There's supposed to be a, there's a certain amount of classroom hours that a student is supposed to get every year. Mm-hmm. Over 2,000 hours. That is cl- at least three school years. They call your house every time you get a message. Say, every time your kid that. doesn't go to school. So for her to say she wasn't aware, it's yeah. like, what did that's, were that's you not? Did you not make sure the school had your correct phone number? <sighs> like it's a lot of. Again, that's not trying to. It's just the, my um, first thought is. She failed him before the school system ever had a chance. Absolutely. And that's exactly what she said. She said the school failed him. She, you know, she didn't. Mm. And that's that's my issue. Lord. Where is your accountability here? Okay, let's move on. Because we have I, other I, things yeah, to discuss. Yeah, I'm bothered by the this whole could, situation. This could take about 15 minutes. So <laughs> let's move forward. So let's talk about Texas. Oh, man. Texas. Well, they're open. They, well, huh? well, they are open. I mean, if you want, if you want to go, if you want somewhere to go, and you don't have to wear a mask, you, and listen, you don't have to be socially distant. Be free. Then you listen, can go you can to do te- you. Yeah, just pretend it's two thousand nineteen here. Just a <laughs> big and bright. Okay, deep in the heart. <laughs> the sage and bloom is like perfume. Mm. They want to be an independent state, you know. They want to. They always want to break off from the U.S. and always. that is what they are doing. Always, I have the friends. Republic of Texas. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, this this governor has decided that he wants to lift the mask mandate. Well, the COVID's over, according to him. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't get the memo. You didn't know that the COVID I'm, is I, over. I missed the memo. Did you know Mike. that the I, COVID is over? Oh well, let's break the news then. <laughs> 
So the mask mandate is is no longer. Uh, I do have friends and family. Monday, effective Monday. Okay. So I have friends and family that that live there, and mm-hmm. I inquired. I, I spoke with one of my good girlfriends last night, and I was just like, "What, what is going on?" Mm-hmm. She said, "Listen, for me, as for me and my household, we will have on our masks." And she said, "Every place I've gone, they seem like you know the the signs are up. They're not subscribing to this." And she said, "I've seen people with masks, mm-hmm. so I'm hoping that maybe these Texans have half. I'm not talking about Texans, but I hope you all think." Very deeply, deeply, yeah, <laughs> about the decision not to wear a mask. Yeah, especially when you are still on track of, I think it's like five thousand uh, people a day that are, are being diagnosed mm. with the disease, with the virus. So, yeah. so their arc is going in the absolute wrong direction, and they made that decision. Yeah, okay. yeah, mm-hmm. that's what's right. happening. So, we're gonna be praying for you all in Texas. I think Mississippi was another one that kind of did it yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was Mississippi, and I think Alabama's trying to. And I'm make sure some... Florida at some point is going to probably just yeah. pop that one up too soon. We're praying for y'all over there. I know here in Maryland, our governor, matter of fact, he is very, he's very, uh, he says, look, keep the mask on. So, mm-hmm. hey, all right. Yeah, we know what you were going to, what you wanted to say. We know what you said about the mask, y'all. Google get Larry Hogan and his view on the mask. Yeah. We can do it. Here in 2021, everyone has had to get in touch with their inner producer. Our man, Gary Grace, is one Kevin. of those guys you need on we your love, team. We love We at Headspace with Dr. Michael, clients of his, as he ensures all of our audio files are crisp, clean, and cool. If you have any audio, video, and even lighting needs, hit them up at GWalt Services on Instagram. Remember, GWalt Services, servicing all your audio, video, and lighting needs. The um, Facebook Live, I know I have some folk that are actually following us on Facebook Live, and eventually we're going to be there where you're going to be able to actually hear all the interviews. But they have lit up the chat. Um, you guys have been great. Headspaces are on Facebook Live, and you have been saying some things. Uh, we were saying some things in response to what Christy was talking about. Tell them where to go to see this, Mike. Um, yeah, where can you go see? Oh, yeah, go to Headspace with Dr. Mike. Um, Headspace with Dr. Mike on Facebook live and so you can watch the interactive chat but people have been talking i mean they were saying it we got all different ends of the spectrum um you know somebody said thank you how did she not know this is where certain parents truly leave everything on the backs of the school as long as they drop them off then that then that's it absolutely neglect um 180 yep so i was reminded you know 180 days of the school year okay 180 days of the school year and, and oh, he did nothing. Didn't have the nerve to be playing video games in the background of the interview. No way. Wow. See, see? school was negligent on all levels. Man, I didn't, that's why I didn't watch because I didn't feel like getting my blood pressure Man. up that day. Woo. I wish Michael Dorsey Jr. would think about doing something like that. Mm-mm. He wouldn't. There was one time he th- he thought he was going to uh, sit there and sit, sit back a little bit doing the um doing the, the virtual learning. He learned. He learned. He learned. <laughs> he learned that day. <laughs> not on my watch. He learned that day. That's mm. not what we doing, bro. <laughs> mm. Oh my goodness! You know what? So I got a question for you all. Here's my question: What's your worth? Last week I kind of told you a story about when uh, I had been offered a gig, my first real, real, real paid speaking gig, and how um, you know I was asked a question about what my rate was, and I couldn't really answer that question, and. I want to kind of keep into that because I think 
as I'm talking with different people, I think sometimes we lose sight on what exactly our worth is. I'm going to put some numbers past you. Jeff Bezos, soon to be former CEO of Amazon. Did y'all know he is worth, this was as of last week, this was what Alexa told me. Alexa, Amazon Alexa. <laughs> she said that he was worth last week $192,600,000. Six hundred million thousand, something like that. So you started with Bill, you went to B. B. Okay. Yes, B. 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 Yeah. After that, does it really matter about the hundreds of thousands or tens of thousands? What after we it's get, divorce. After it's a B. Listen. <laughs> you listen. know. When she said that, I was like, girl, why you why you playing? <laughs> like, why why are you gonna give me all that? She wanted to make sure I understood. In seventy three cents. Listen, Alexa said, if you're gonna cite me, <laughs> I'm gonna make sure you get all the information right. 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 But listen, this is even after his divorce. Michael Jordan is worth two billion, two hundred million. Mm-hmm. Tyler Perry, say what y'all want to say about the wigs he uses. Hey, shout out to say Tyler what you, Perry. Say what y'all want to say about the 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 plot lines and how he takes you up there to bam crash. I mean, say whatever you want to say. Mm-hmm. He is worth eight hundred million. No, yeah, eight hundred million, and he re- he gets a salary of eighty million a year. Where the money resides, where the I'm money resides. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying what y'all want to say about Brother Tyler. I mean, Oprah Winfrey, $2 billion. I mean, she's going to have a big, a big weekend because didn't she get that uh, interview, interview with, um, with Harry and Megan? Megan. If you have, if, listen, if you have some stuff that you need to make sure the world gets right, who do you call? You call Oprah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And look, 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 she gets a salary of $300 million per year. So I was curious the other day, and I started asking Alexa, Alexa to give me the valuation of various people. And when you think of the stories of these people, there are many different routes they took to get where they are now, but there are also some similarities. That reminds me of the Drake song that says, started from the bottom, now we're here. Started from the bottom, now the whole team here. <laughs> yeah, I know, I'm not, I'm not that guy, but y'all know what I'm saying. It got me thinking. Everybody, no matter how successful they are, had some type of start. And to be honest with you, many of them had pretty humble starts. I mean, think about it. I remember being in college, and when you didn't want to pay the full price for the books at the bookstore, you went on Amazon.com. I did not know that at some point, those books were coming out of this man's garage. Like, that's where he started. That's where the... And, and if you had told me then that I would like be buying underwear, I'm sorry, buying light bulbs. Anything. Buying caskets. Mm-hmm. I could actually A get to it. Z. <laughs> Listen, everything in between. I could get that from him. Like, seriously? Like, that's mm-hmm. what I could do? And y'all saw how much he's worth. Mm-hmm. Like, up until recently, he was the, what is he, like, the, the world's richest person? Or does, he was something. And so you look at the humble, Tyler Perry. I mean, man. You know, his stage plays, before they really became a thing, he was sleeping in his car, homeless. And now there are Hollywood producers that were seeking him out to be able to use his studio. He has the largest uh, studio outside of Hollywood. Actually, I think it, it, it actually is bigger than the Hollywood studios. Get this, to add insult to injury, on a Confederate, a former Confederate military base. Mm. And people are coming after him. So say what y'all want to say. I mean, that's just that I have a friend of mine. Uh, y'all remember Frida that came on a few months her her uh, a few weeks ago. Her husband actually um, is a recurring cast member on um, Young Dylan. Okay. And he was just telling me the story about how they have a whole system set up. Like they flew him out on his uh, private jet. 
Um, they actually had a house set up for all the cast, like each the cast, like they actually they're in a house and he had to share this huge house with another person. Like they have a whole system in place, and he's able to do that. And while production stopped all over the world, Tyler Perry was able to actually make it happen because he figured it out. And people going, that's that's where he's at. And so one of the things I want you all to be encouraged about is you gotta figure out what your worth is. What is the worth that you want to have later on down the road? You know, Mike. My question to you is, do you know your worth, right? Chris, do you know your worth? Like, have you thought about what your worth is? I have thought about it. To say that I know what it is, is um, I, I don't know that I know that answer, but mm-hmm. I definitely have thought about it, and I've thought about how to try to increase it, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. So as we're answering this question, here's some questions to ask you. Like, first of all, what is it that you bring to the table? Like, you know, I think a lot of times we get so used to, and I can be honest with you, having been in ministry for a long time, you know, in ministry, we see, you know, we work in the, where we work at and like you're given resources and tools to do your job, but it seems like in ministry it's always like, there's nothing available. Right. It's all, you know, the willing, whosoever will club, remember that like growing up. And so a lot of times we do things and, and we do that, but then there comes a point where you got to realize, man, I bring something to the table. Like I actually bring some kind of value. Um, and here's where you really figure out what kind of value you bring to the table. When you're not able to do it, and then people are willing to pay money to get what you would have done. Man. And that's when you start really realizing, oh, wait a minute. Oh, oh, I get it. I get it. Now you see. You see what I'm saying? And y'all have noticed that. Well, pe- people are willing to pay for what you bring to the table, but you're not available to do it for free. Mm-hmm. Right? Here's the other thing. What impact does your gifting or service have on the organization or the community you are a part of. Here's the third thing. What did you have to do to get where you are? All of us have been through, you know, we, we have college education, right? We that, that, that wasn't cheap. That wasn't free. You know, we may have gotten scholarships and grants and certain things like that. But that was time. That, that, that was time we weren't going to get back, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so you have a credential that you bring to the table, right? And I'm not saying, for the record, I want to make sure I'm clear. If you don't have a college degree, I'm not saying that you're not worth anything. But what I am saying is that there's something that we bring to the table in the form of our education. Some people, they have, they may not have the education, but they have decades of experience. Mm-hmm. You can't, you can't, you can't do anything with not that. But I can't talk today, right? But y'all get what I'm saying. I, I definitely get what you're saying, Mike. Um, mm-hmm. Why? Here's the thing that you're talking about. When you're talking about what are you worth, why is that important to you? Like, why is it important to you? And where do you want to go from here? Um, each of the individuals I mentioned earlier could answer those questions and to be honest with you, would blow us all away. I remember um, watching um, the creator of uh, Blackish. Um, there was something on Netflix, I think it's called Black AF. And one of the episodes was him talking to Tyler Perry. And he one was kind of. Yeah, one of the best episodes. One of the best episodes, I agree. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it was episode six or seven. And he was saying, you know, because people were joking. People were joking about Tyler. And Tyler Perry said, I don't give a beep. He was like, because. There are people who want what I'm giving, and it's working. And I really appreciated that. So anyway, I want you all to be thinking about what are you really worth, and are you getting what it is that you're supposed to get because of what you're worth? That's a whole comment. We invite you to become a sponsor of the Headspace with Dr. Mike show. There are a few amazing reasons for you to become a sponsor. Your sponsorship will help fund future programs and special events. And as a special thank you for your contribution, you will receive a special gift. We will announce safe and secure ways you can sponsor the show soon. Thank you in advance for your support. 
Let me say we got some couple, a couple of great guests that are coming on today. Uh, before they, we get onto them, though, we, we didn't really get to finish our heads up because we have some other things that have been going on, don't we? So much. <laughs> yeah. um, did any of y'all catch the Golden Globes on uh, Sunday? I did not. You didn't but catch of it? course, I heard, you know, I read the headlines and yes. It was very fascinating because uh, it started out with a, um, a, just some talking, and, and the two hosts were um, talking about how there was nobody of color represented mm-hmm. on the actual, you know, the board or the board of directors that. I don't know, Shocker. <laughs> and um, and so that was just fascinating. To be honest with you, I <clears throat> of all the award shows, I appreciated the Golden Globes because it's a full full disclosure. My wife loves award shows, right? I like them, you know, to a degree. But after a while, they just get monotonous. It's like I can just look up the results later on, <laughs> um, especially the Golden Globes because it's like there's no there's like nothing else going on. It's just pretty much people getting up talking. And then the longer the night goes, they're drunk. And so <laughs> there's that, right? that, right? But what I did appreciate about this one was the, some of the winners. And, and the Golden Globes is the one where, like, it's not only movies, but it's also TV shows, right? And uh, I, I was very impressed that Chadwick Boseman got um, a top nod for um, his work with uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and let's see. Um, and then also, uh, what is her name? Andrew Day. Yes, Andrew Day. Mm-hmm. For her role as Billie Holiday, and I have not seen it yet. I watched it last night. Is it is it good? Oh my goodness, okay. it's it's dark. Okay, it's dark. Okay. And being from Baltimore, you know, Billie yeah. Holiday was from Baltimore. Yeah, yep. I actually have a, a Billie Holiday uh, portrait on my wall. Mm-hmm. You know, watching the story unfold, it, it's just, you know, she she was forty four when she died. That's how old we are. Mm-hmm. I mean, wow. that's how old you are, Chris. Yeah, whoa, I'm not whoa. There yet. I'm, whoa. Not, I'm not there. I'm not quite If y'all there see yet. this new haircut I got, you wouldn't think so, but I got a hat on, so. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, her story is tragic. Yeah. Tragic. But Andrew Day, she played that role. I mean, I'm just amazed how so many artists are able to just do, they can go from singing to acting yeah. to dancing. I'm, yeah. They're just triple threats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was phenomenal. And it was it was fascinating because, you know, the way they did the Golden Globes this year was they actually did it via Zoom, right? So they had, like, the different people, and you could see them as they were waiting to hear what the announcement was. And so Vivek, uh, not Vivek, oh, Lord, have mentioned Viola Davis, was, you know, for her role in, in My Rainey, Black Bottom, and when she they announced that it wasn't her, it was Andrew Day, she was like, yeah. Like, it was like, she was really genuinely excited. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciate that. That, mm-hmm. that, that's, that, to me, I love it when you watch the re- re- reactions of the people who didn't win, mm-hmm. you know, just to see how gracious they are. Mm-hmm. And um, that was just, I think that was just a win for the whole the whole black community, so. Can I be honest about it? Sometimes I like it when you can see that they're not great. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like when they lose and they really yes. feel like they should have won, you can, that comes through sometimes as well, but yes. I understand what you mean. Yes. So here's the other thing that kind of came up in the news. Uh, apparently Dr. Seuss was canceled. Like, are we, can- are we canceled? Like, do I have to throw it, Mike's Dr. Seuss book Is he canceled? <laughs> uh, some of his books are. <laughs> But if I remember that, so so to be very clear, uh, from what I understand, first of all, the six books that, okay, let me go back. So apparently from what I understand, there was a, his publisher put an independent council together to kind of just look at 
do you know, given where we are nowadays, I mean, and I think that's I think all organizations should do this from time to time, just to look at, mm-hmm. you know, wait a minute, you know, are we really do we really have a pulse? Just when you know better, you do better, right? Absolutely. And so they came together and they looked at his catalog, you know, and they said, Oh, these six books, we're not there anymore as a country. Like this is not a good representation. This should not be it. And they decided that they weren't gonna continue publishing of those. And from what I understand. And I looked at the titles. I don't. I didn't have any of those. I mean, it, it was pretty bad. I mean, there was one book where, you know, they were describing an Asian man, and he was known as the China Man, mm-hmm. right? Right mm-hmm. there. That's that's not right. Mm-hmm. He was the only yellow character, right? So there, there you go with that. And you know, he had to. Say, I mean, it was clear that that's who he was Asian. So he's known as the China Man, and he's yellow, right? Then they had the African, and they were barefoot, naked, grass skirts, mm-hmm. you know. That's not appropriate, right? No. That's just no. that's just not it. So I don't think it's that Dr. Seuss is canceled. I think it's that first of all, you know, we're we're looking at holding him accountable. Well, he's dead, so he's done but so much accountability we can give him. But right. his catalog. We're holding his count his catalog accountable. That's right. That's mm-hmm. right. That's right. So we have to extract those things that are inappropriate. And mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's anything wrong with that. Mm-hmm. That's just saying I think the people who are saying, you know, we're digging up things. From the past, that's we are supposed to do that. Hello, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, why why are we erecting these, all of these statues of you know, Confederate, quote unquote heroes? Mm-hmm. You know, that lost. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. did I say that? <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, we have to revisit. Like you said, you have to say, okay, where are we now? This this is not going to fly anymore. We can't we can't do this anymore. Let's do better. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's anything wrong with evaluating. Mm-hmm. We as a people, and you know. Personally, you need to be reflecting on your life and, okay, this is where I was five years ago. I don't want to do this anymore. I want to lose this weight. I want to get this my amount of money in my savings account. You reevaluate, you reassess things, and you and you move forward. So mm-hmm. I, I think that it's nothing wrong with that. What are y'all's thoughts on, uh, like, how the um, the All-Star Weekend is getting ready to go on this weekend in Atlanta? Like, how are y'all, how are y'all thinking about that? I know that Keisha Lance Bottoms basically told people, don't come down don't here. Don't come. All the rooms are sold out. Sold out. <laughs> so they're not listening. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. I, so, I mean, do we think, do you think maybe? I think there's a certain certain level of expectation that people have and just have decided to agree with. You know what I mean? The expectation that they um, might get sick, they might get COVID. I think people have just taken or made the decision that it's a risk that they're willing to take. Otherwise, I don't, I don't see how... Um, I mean, I think I think that's just what it is. And honestly, on some level, we're all taking that risk just because it is what it is. Mm-hmm. So, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, it's just that, man. It's 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 a thing that I think is honestly here to say, vaccinations or not. Um, and I think some people have already moved ahead in their thinking. Mm-hmm. So, what's one of the first things you're gonna do when you can, hmm. like, when the all clear sounded? Or if it's the close to all clear. I want to go on a vacation. Travel. Yeah. Like, and that's the thing. It's like some people for that, even for the, 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 uh, all-star weekend, that is going to be some people's travel. It's going to be the first time that some people have done it. It might be the first time that some people have done it, whether it be because of COVID or not, it could be their first experience. It could have been something that they were planning years and years ago and just decided to, uh, go through with it. But I want to get out of here, man. I'm Mm -hmm. trying to, Go some places, you know what I mean? Yeah, we, we, we've got something booked up for, for later on this summer, so I'm trying, even if we just got to just be in the hotel looking at each other. 
this another environment, I'm right? I'm just saying. <laughs> I totally get it. All right. Well, speaking of making sure that we can set ourselves up to go ahead and travel, let's pay another bill. Focused on photo, versed in video, for any media brings visions to life from headshots to family shoots, casual candidates to structured scenes. Our team can provide whatever you need. In Baltimore, you may have seen us at local events such as the Poly City Tailgate or the Randallstown Romp. You can find us on all social media platforms at the number four, Any Media. For any media, for anything. Contact us so we can create your next project. I'm always excited about guests that we bring on uh, because uh, I invite these guests and my team invites these guests because we know that they're going to bring some value to you all in Headspace world. And so our next guest, Erica Gilchrist, how are you this morning, my friend? Hello, hello, my good people. I'm fantastic. How are you? Oh, my goodness. It's so good to hear your voice. You are, oh man, we've known each other for decades, haven't we? It, it seems like yes, it, but it's been it has. a long time. <laughs> I like to say that we uh, we used to be on the, the chitlin circuit of the speaking world. I'm trying to tell y'all, we got some nuggets. <laughs> Erica, you have this thing that you're doing. So, so just full disclosure, everybody, Erica and I, uh, we, oh, as I'm making noise. Erica and I, uh, you know, we met each other through different programs of, uh, we did different things with speaking. Primarily, we got to travel literally around the country, inspiring and motivation, motivating high school and college students. And uh, it was a great opportunity, one of the best uh, speaking training programs I had been a part of. And we just became very, very good friends. And one of the things that I was really encouraged by Erica about was, the idea, and you know, we spoke on knowing your worth and knowing your value. And Erica is one of those people that really can speak to that. Erica, tell the folks about what it is that you do uh, right now, particularly with your WTF initiative. <laughs> All right, so everybody relax. WTF stands for <laughs> Women Thriving Fearlessly. Ah. And yeah, Women Thriving Fearlessly was actually birthed from a real WTF moment. <laughs> and so I, I created uh, this movement of female entrepreneurs who had a desire to start, grow, and scale uh, their businesses. And right now I own the largest expo for women in business in Chicago on the 99th floor of the Sears Tower. Pause, and pause, pause. Mm -mm. Nope, nope, nope. Because Christy right here is giving you all the snaps over here. Yes. <laughs> Go, sister. Now, it's, the 99th Thank floor you. of the Sears Tower. So this is in Chicago. Is it still the Sears Tower, though? See, I was just about to say, I know people, it, it's Willis Tower, but I was born and raised in Chicago. And for Chicagoans, it will forever and ever, amen, be the Sears Tower. <laughs> right. So, so I'm just saying. It's, it's Willis Tower, y'all. I'm, I'm going to be correct. <laughs> you know I'm giving you a hard time. So tell us more about this expo. Like, like what is that about? So... First of all, I went to a women's expo, really large women's expo that goes around the country, and it sucked, totally sucked. And I was just like, okay, I don't understand how you all call this a women's expo when everything was about external factors. There's makeup, there's the clothes and the hair, and there's nothing wrong with that, but that does not embody who women are at their core. 
And if you had low self-esteem and you're not careful, you would walk into their expo and feel worse about yourself than you did when you walked in. Mm. So I am not someone who complains and doesn't do anything about it. I said, I'm going to create my own expo. So my expo is primarily for female entrepreneurs, although men are encouraged and men are invited nice. to our expo okay. um, because our movement is inclusive, not exclusive. I don't mm -hmm. think women's empowerment should come at the consequence of men bashing. We don't do that here. Okay. So our expo uh, primarily focuses on female entrepreneurs, those who might be transitioning from the workplace into starting their own businesses. So we focus on the how. I can motivate you all day long, motivation fades, but life doesn't go in a straight line. So at the end of the day, you need to know how to do it. So we bring in experts, we have on-site coaching, and we talk about the things that you need to do right now, not six months from now, in order to start, grow, or scale your businesses. Now, I am someone who works really hard, I like to have fun too. And so my events reflect that. So it's not just all work. When you come to my expo, you're going to have some fun. We play music. We serve wine. We have food. You're going to be able to sit down and chat in our VIP lounge while you're looking at the cityscape or the lake. Um, and it's just a fantastic experience. If you let me, I'll talk to you next Tuesday about my expo. So I think you better ask me the next question. <laughs> <laughs> no, I am. I, listen, you had us at wine, sitting back in the lounge and looking at the cityscape with the wine and the music. Oh, my mm -hmm. gosh. Mm -hmm. So what has been the response? Like, what has been the feedback that you've been getting from people as a result of this? The number one thing, the number one piece of feedback that we get is this was so much more than I ever expected. This mm. is unlike anything I've ever experienced. Because you go to events, and I'm not saying all events are bad, because they're not. There's some fantastic events out there. Uh, but the balance that we create of getting down to the business of running a business and bringing out our personalities and having the camaraderie and um, doing what comes from the heart touches the heart. And we're highly focused on nurturing the whole person, not just the business aspect of it. That's the number one piece of feedback that we get from our event. Uh, you know, this is Women's History Month, I believe it is. And so mm -hmm. I think this is very um, apropos. Do you have any things planned uh, for this month, especially that we're still in this virtual environment? For Women's History Month every year, um, I usually March is usually my busiest time of the year. But since we have gone uh, through this pandemic, you know, the pandemic hit officially Women's History Month last year. Yep. I was on my way to the airport wow. to a speaking engagement um, when the school called me and said, no, wow. we're, we're shutting down. Wow. So this year, what we've decided to do is simply honor women who have contributed to the WTF movement. And there's like video segments that we have just basically honoring them and thanking them for their contribution. So we're not going really big this year with Women's History Month. I am, however, still getting called uh, repeatedly to do virtual presentations for Women's History Month. And you are excellent at those. I, I definitely know that um, I was able to catch actually a little glimpse of something that you did on a Facebook Live or a YouTube Live. And, well, I you know I think the world of you anyway, so that, that goes without saying. I want to shift gears a little bit from that. Um, not really, though, because um, even though I know you, you're, you talk about your commitment to being inclusive, there's a big fad. I will know. I'm going to take that back. There's a lot of love right now given to the black woman, right? You know, you have mm -hmm. a former first lady, Michelle Obama, uh, Kamala Harris, you know, first uh, female, first, you know, female vice president, first um, 
vice president of color, right? I was even watching um, TV the other day, and there was like this big MasterCard commercial, you know, just honoring, you know, women business owners and entrepreneurs and stuff. Do you think this is a fad or is this a new normal? Like, is this going to actually be something that we see more of, um, you know, has the glass ceiling really officially broken? You know, it's, it's actually fascinating to see it unfold. And the only parallel that comes to mind right now that I can draw is the overnight success syndrome. You know, when you have comedians and actors who seem to come out of nowhere um, and, and you look back 10 or 20 years or even 30 years and you see them in these little rinky dink comedy clubs when people were still actually able to smoke indoors and even five people in the audience, <laughs> they've been in the game for a long time before mm. they hit the mainstream. We're just now seeing them. Mm. Now with black women, we have always raised our voices to be heard, to be mm -hmm. seen, to be acknowledged and to be respected. That has never wavered. Not one bit. Kamala Harris runs for president in 2020, but a black woman ran for president in 1972, boo. We've always, we have always been around. We have always been telling people how fabulous we are and that you should respect us and that we belong in positions of leadership. So no, this is not a fad. This is the overnight syndrome where people are just now going, oh, okay then, where y'all been? We've been around the whole time. Mm -hmm. we ain't, mm -hmm. This is not anything new. It's just finally... If I can go ahead and draw the parallel, the overnight success syndrome where people have finally seen us, quote, in the mainstream. And they're like, oh, man, black women are the bomb. Yes, we know. And we've always known that. But it's so nice for you to notice. So, no, this is not going to fade into the background because I am a black woman and I know the culture of black women. We we don't fade into the background. That's not who we are. That is not our nature. So, no, it's not a fad. And it ain't going nowhere. It's only going to get higher. Erica, this is Christy. I have a question for you. Sure. So you're talking about the, the women, women empowerment and how strong and worthy and just fabulous we are. And of course, I agree. <laughs> uh, but my, my question to you is, it's still a lot of talk about black actresses, uh, business women, whatever field they may be in, not getting paid with their male counterparts or even white female counterparts are getting paid. You know, you, you talk about, I know that there's a story about Taraji, the actress, only getting $150,000 for her role in Benjamin Buttons. And we know she just murdered that entire, you know, production. And then we know Monique, the comedian, she, she's got her ways. But she has a point about the value that's placed upon the work and talent of black women. What are your thoughts on that? Well, we still have a ways to go. And the example that's coming to mind to me is when women go to interview for a job and they get offered the position. The problem, and this is coming directly from uh, a person who I know, the head of HR, uh, the problem is that when women get offered the position, they say, well, how much does it pay? They say, well, this is how much it pays. And the women go, okay, great. Thank you. I'll see you Monday morning. Whereas the men will say, how much does it pay? When they hear the number, they immediately start negotiating. Well, how about $15,000 more? How about an additional week of vacation? They start the negotiation process. Women in general, I'm not talking about the black women yet, but women in general have been programmed uh, not to make waves. If you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. Now, I'm going to transition this to black women and in the entertainment industry, because that was your example. If we translate that, uh, 
Black women in particular have had it very difficult to even get onto the screen. So getting your foot in the door, a lot of Black actresses just wanted to get their foot in the doors to position themselves to earn more money. Once they are in um, a desirable position, then the negotiation starts. So I totally agree. The patriarchy pays them less. It absolutely does. So what does the Black woman do? The Black woman says, I hear your offer for $100,000 based on my track record, based on the audiences that I draw, you're going to have to up that to $500,000. Now, if they decide, no, we're not going to do that. So now you have a really big decision to make. Are you going to move forward with just that $100,000? Or are you going to say, well, forget it then, don't hire me and risk it. It is not an easy answer. Mm. I'm not saying you have to do one or the other, but please understand why we are in that particular position, which is one of the reasons why I absolutely adore Regina King. Regina King is now on the other side of the camera, and Mm -hmm. she's responsible for hiring and casting Mm -hmm. and producing and directing things. And she made a commitment. She says, half the women on my staff in my studio will be women, and I will pay them fairly. See, when we are on the receiving end of a check, we only have so many options. We have to be the ones writing the check. That's Mm. where the power is. That's it. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. Erica, oh my gosh, this was incredible. We're going to definitely have to have you back again because you you just, mm. as always, Absolutely. thank you, friend. My pleasure. How can people, yes, my real, friend. real quick, um, how do people mm-hmm. find you on social media so they can uh, make sure they're following what you're doing? Absolutely. So theunstoppablewoman.net, not .com, theunstoppablewoman.net, theunstoppablewoman.net. Net. And I promise you, if you know how to spell my name, if you Google me, the first 10 pages we'll be is that. me. Because you know how to do that. Oh, my gosh. Love you, friend. And we'll talk to you soon. Love you, too. Thanks. Our world is filled with polarizing topics that land most people on one side or the other. The Headspace with Dr. Mike team isn't afraid to take them on. Monthly, we will invite people on both sides of some of the most controversial topics from the serious to the silly to debate their positions. We look forward to charged discussions that will inform and entertain. DM your head-to-head show ideas to us on Instagram or Facebook at Headspace DM. Wow, Headspacers, we are, are in for another treat. We have another guest uh, by the name of Brother Mark Wiggins. Mark Wiggins is my dude. Remember that same uh, that I was telling you about with Erica and I? We were speakers. Well, Mark is another one of those. I, I tell you, I have some of the coolest friends, and y'all just going to have to hate on me for it. So, Mark, what's up today, brother? Big Mike, what's going down, bro? Let, let the haters do what the haters do. Man, that's all they know how to do, man, is hate real well, right? <laughs> Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Great show. I was listening here, sipping on my tea, uh, listening to the conversation. Y'all killing this morning. Man, thank you, man. We, I'm definitely glad that you get to be a part of this. And uh, I've been looking forward to talking with you and catching up with you. Tell us a little bit about your off-the-bench movement. Like, what is that? Because it's not just one thing. It's like... It's like a whole vibe. So talk to us a little bit about what it is that you do with that. Yeah, um, thanks for the question. The Off the Bench movement um, is one of those things that's been happening for a while for me. And the whole thing about Off the Bench is getting 
from where you're sitting currently into another position. Think athletics, thinking come off the bench, thinking getting to the game. I've been dropping off the bench, Mike, since we, you know, I heard you talking to uh, the previous guest. We go, we, we was all in that same mix. So I've been mm-hmm. talking off the bench since then, but it wasn't until recently that I decided to make this an actual movement. Like people are talking about what they want to go do, but they're not getting up to go do it. They're, they're talking about their goals, but they're still just in their head. They've written them down on a vision board, but they're not taking any action. So the whole movement is if you come along with us on this whole thing we're doing, the encouragement to continue to move forward is what we're talking about. So that's the movement for me, from old to young, um, from my young, my youth penures, all this, my OGs. We we out here trying to get these dreams and get these goals. So and and you kind of got the in- inspiration from it from your days, like you were a basketball player, right? Oh, absolutely. It's a, there's a whole long story behind it. But the short of it is, the short of it is, one of them long days of running those hills in Alabama in the summer, I learned about mental toughness and extreme effort. Hmm. And from there, that life lesson stuck with me all through college and even into my first business. And, and when I got with my first agent, we were talking about this whole thing of putting your message together. You're, hmm. you're a great speaker, trainer, and the teacher. Those who are under you are getting the best training in the world. Um, and we talk about our message. And my agent just simply asked me a question. If we willed it down, I had a big, long paragraph. And then we whittled it down. And then I got frustrated, Mike. I'm like, I'm just trying to get people off the bench. <laughs> Doggone it. That's not what I said, but I, I know where I am. So I said, <laughs> and this is, that's what I said. So he's like, okay, cool. I said, I want to move people from the bench to start lap. I'm like, get off the bench. Boom. It happened just like that. And I've been running with that ever since. That's incredible, man. You know, I got to tell you, um, one of the gigs that we all had together, you were actually my trainer. Uh, yes. So we had it. Y'all, I'm going to tell you some, some of the, the most rigorous speaker trainer training ever uh, was found in, in our time with Monster. And uh, I remember one time you actually, you you gave me some hard love. It was great, but it hurt my feelings a little bit because, you know, everybody comes into that gig, you know, the best of the best when it comes to speaking. Oof. And y'all's job was to kind of break us down so that we could be even better. And Man, uh, you kind of like, gave me some notes, and I was like, "How dare you?" Mike, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's actually you know because I have a Greek background, all I did was paying it forward. Yeah. I, I figured I'm gonna give you what they gave me, <laughs> and that was <laughs> for not being prepared. This is what you're gonna get. No, Man. but I appreciate that because you know what? It, it was only out of that that space, and I and I agree, and I heard your comment earlier. I agree with you. It was the best training I could have ever had. Mm-hmm. Um, the, 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 every six months, the 250 people come together who knew mm-hmm. exactly what you were going to say, take mm-hmm. your next breath, everything. Mm-hmm. You had to be on point every single time because there were 250 of the best speakers in the country. Yeah. And yeah. if you got heat, you know, I got heat and we just out here, you know, iron sharpens iron. So, and look at you now, look at you now. All man, over I tell you what, man, I, I appreciate that. You know, you actually had an engagement, and I and I wanted to talk to the people about this. You had an engagement, and um, one of the things I really appreciate about you, you talked about paying it forward. And I'll never forget, this is a great story. You you called up a bunch of us. You said, hey, I'm trying to do this, uh, this circuit thing mm-hmm. where you go to different cities, and you kind of just have people come for motivation, and you were going to broadcast it on your on your platform and you and you know and at first I was like well what's the catch like you were like no there's no catch just show up <laughs> invite some people to be a part of it you know so they can support it but just show up and you guys gave us this opportunity and you always constantly are trying to provide a platform for people so much so that I don't know if you realize this but um Elevation Global Media uh if you remember the day you came to Baltimore one right. of my friends 
who happens now to be the CEO of Elevation Global Media, where we're talking today, she was in the audience and you were like, look, one of the speakers canceled. Would you like to get up for a few minutes and, and oh, give your right, thing? Right. And Cassandra right. Ferguson. And so just that's just the kind of guy you are. Right. That's just the kind of guy you are. And I really appreciate that. Oh, I appreciate you? that. Oh, yeah, she, listen, you should know, or she didn't know me, but now she know. Don't play with me. If I need <laughs> you, you better look. You better be ready to get ready. And she crushed it. Man, did so, she? She crushed it. And what you're referring to, Mike, was it was my Off the Bench Live birthday mm-hmm. edition. Uh, no, it wasn't the birthday edition. It was my Off the Bench Live, um, which birthed out of my birthday edition, where the first time I did it when I turned 50, I released a book. And I didn't want to throw a party. I didn't want to get the limo and do those things because my mama was coming. I had done all those things already. But I was looking to do and give back. So off the bench, birthday, birth, these other issues. And my, my dude Roland was in the room, God rest his soul. He was there. And so it was about speaker and sharing the message. So I called, like you do, call my friends. Like, dude, come through. Mm-hmm. Come through, come through and pull up my, I think Rodney was there. You were there. Um, young sisters. I don't know who else showed up. But I do remember the sister from, I think she was living down in Richmond or come back and forth or something like that. And there's one from um, Alexandria, Virginia, down yes. by your way. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Honestly, so see how things have come. But yeah, you came in and, and just delivered um, that message. I still play it. It's on the podcast. It's there. Um, so yes, anytime, anywhere. We know how we, we get down. And you know, I, I just, that just speaks volumes to what, what it is you're trying to do. Now I'm going to shift gears a little bit because I noticed that you were involved in a panel discussion uh, if I remember correctly, it was uh, men's mental health as well as accountability. Uh-huh, um, is, uh-huh. and, and talk a little bit about that because, you know, we're in this, we're coming out of this COVID situation. It's been a year to this, like a week from today is yep. when like it really just, the, the bottom just fell out, right? Talk to us a little bit about what are some of the things you're seeing and what is some of the work that you're doing in that area? Well, yeah, that was, I was really fortunate to be on that panel um Lita uh, Harlem Harlem is in one of the ladies who who put that together as her brainchild, and she reached out to me and some other gentlemen um, to discuss men's mental health. And she has a space in that uh, area she works in. And so basically, we, we we had it was two parts. It was men talking to the men, and then women came on. Or that show's coming out a little bit later. Mm-hmm. But it was really these gentlemen in the room who I did not know to have this discussion about things we don't talk about as black men. We just don't, we don't talk about them. And to, to facilitate that conversation, I said, once they get warm, she was like, Mark, are they going to talk? I said, these, these are dudes. I said, all we do is need to get comfortable and it's on and popping. Mm-hmm. So it was like we were in a barbershop. So the space that we worked in was just strictly talking about the need for us as black men to take care of ourselves, to seek our, talk to our therapists, our, our pastors, our preachers, our, um, our friends to get some of this stuff out of us because we deal with so much. Um, if nothing else from COVID, we all learned that we all a little crazy. We, we got a side <laughs> that we didn't know we had, and we yep. needed to now go deal with it because I'm like ready to go out of his house. But there's <laughs> also the dark side of the loneliness, the depression, the job. And as Black men, we've been taught to hold all this in. Mm-hmm. So anyway, we, we try to dispel those myths and encourage people to come out. I think one of the um, the brothers who owns the therapist had said he saw an increase of African-American men's going to his practice to mm. come out and have conversation, which we all applauded. Like, you know, yo, this was up. And then the younger brother who was on the component, on the panel, he was actually his client. Mm-hmm. And he was sharing with him some of his stuff. I mean, he was transparent to a point what, what made everyone go, man, we really appreciate you, brother, for sharing, because it's going to take that effort for other Black men to go. You know, it's funny you talk about that because uh, one of my favorite shows on TV is This Is Us. Do you do you watch that, Mark? I don't like to cry a lot, but I've seen it, yes. <laughs> 
<laughs> I cried, bro. He just, I was just getting a little watery, man. It's just the allergy season, right? Allergies, allergies. Speaking of, but you know, uh, I think that that's something that's important to talk about because that whole concept of uh, men going to, to therapy has is becoming more of a normal thing. It's being normalized. Uh, you see Randall's character, right? The fact that mm-hmm. Randall kind of walked into it. He walked, you know, he wanted to be in control, and and it was amazing though because. He grew up in a white context, right? But still, he still had some of those same, you know, the stigma that you see with our community. Is that something that you're seeing across the board where you're, from your standpoint? I do. I do see across the, um, the, the channels here. Um, I have a, my sister, Dr. Valencia Wiggins, who's probably listening, shouts out. She has also talked about that as well. And I do see it. And I'll see even more black men willing to have a conversation, you know, um, and that, that's the start of it. Can we, can we just put it out in the ether? You know what? I'm not going to judge you. You're still my dude. Um, that that was messed up. We need to get that fixed. And by the way, how you been? How you doing? And and, and not just saying, yo, what's up? But like, really, really, how are you doing? Mm-hmm. And be ready for the answer. Be ready for the conversation. Um, you don't always have to have an answer. Sometimes a good listen. Sometimes, you know, what, you need to go see somebody about that. And I'll take you. Wow. And I'm going to check up. Did you go? It's all that's really needed for us as even that in our, in our overall health, you know, let's talk about men's health in general, black men's health in general. So mm-hmm. all that's needed, I think there is an increase in that. And um, I just hope it continues. What's next for you, man? What What are you working on next? What is, what is, first of all, I'm gonna be honest with you. Everybody here said so the table was totally blown away that you're in your fifties. Cause that like totally just kind of like, well, thank you very much. <laughs> I exfoliate. I use some products, uh, some, some seven, my seven day tea products. I, I exfoliate and do all that stuff. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> exercise. And I was in church when I was a kid. So I was about 20. So anyway, there you go. That's <laughs> <laughs> um, out the community Baptist church, Cleveland, Ohio. Anyway, no, um, what I'm working on now is the, I think it's actually Mike, the, the um, the convergence of a lot of the different smaller things I was working on mm-hmm. come together in the form of the Off the Bench magazine, okay. which has now my new brainchild, which is now the, the pulling together of a brand, of a movement that it actually has some real legs and real reach. We're putting together magazines every month. We have content. We have uh, uh, motivation, lifestyle, entrepreneurism, business in a place where it's shaded and, and bend toward motivation, which is what I do back to get off the bench. So that magazine is doing well. We just released the women's issue this morning came out and we have the women of power called power shift and women from different areas of the country sharing their story, their motivation, their whys uh, to help other people get motivated. So we, we would definitely, um, that's what I'm working on now. We'd definitely love to have you in the magazine, man. We're going to work on it. We're going to talk offline and get that, that settled. And uh, absolutely. I want to tap into what it is that you're doing. Um, how can people reach you? How can people get information about that? A uh, quick way to go is to go. If you're on Instagram, it's um, OTB magazine. OTB Magazine or OffTheBenchMagazine.com. Go there now, get your subscription, check it out. You can see what's posting. Um, Off the Bench with Mark Wiggins podcast is another way to catch me where I interview guests and you can go hear Mike's story. Mike, I'm going to repost it just so people can hear you talk about your roller coaster one click thing she was doing. Man, I appreciate classic. that, brother. Classic, classic. Yo, y'all got it. Look, y'all in that room, I know I was all dressed up for a live and I forgot this is radio. I said, um, <laughs> <laughs> I was all cute and everything. But anyway, listen. You have a beast of a teacher in your midst. You have a beast of a speaker with a heart of a lion. He is, I, I love Mike. Mike, whatever you're doing, I'll count me in to support. Man, I love you as well, man. I think the world of you as well. Everybody, Mark Wiggins, Off the Bench. Make sure you get a hold of that magazine. Get your subscription, brother. We'll be talking soon. I love you, man. Have a good afternoon. Y'all be blessed. Bye-bye. 
Headspace with Dr. Mike Show on all social media platforms at Headspace DM. We want to keep you up to date on all of our hot topics and keep the dialogue going even after the show. We also value what's important to you and your community. DM your show ideas to us on Instagram or Facebook. The next time you log on, you may hear Dr. Mike discussing the very topic or issue close to your heart. Uh, you know, we talk about the social media and uh, we really, I'm really committed to really getting that thing figured out. So if there's any listeners out there who are interested in helping us really step up our social media game, you're interested in possibly being an intern with Headspace with Dr. Mike, uh, please, please, please reach out to us. Go to Headspace DM, uh, Headspace DM, hit, hit, slide on through our DMs, right? <laughs> Headspace DM, make sure you do that. Let us know if you know somebody that uh, will be interested in being a part of our Headspace team. Definitely could use you because we want to do more engagement on our social media. Team, we did it. It's another another great show. Another one in the books. Oh my gosh. Smooth. It's always fun. I, I look forward to my Saturday mornings. Crystal, you were holding it down over there on the comms. And shout uh, out to Crystal. Shout out to all the guests, man, too. Like, I just want to say that we were here, y'all. Like, we were really quiet doing their interviews, but they had a lot of content. And and sometimes it's better to just use your two ears to listen. Man. So good stuff. Thank you, Erica and Mark, for hanging out with us this morning. Wish you all the best. May the Lord bless and richly bless you. Hey, I don't know what y'all are doing tomorrow for church, but if you want to check out Mount Pleasant Ministries, Mount Pleasant Church and Ministries, check out your boy. I am bringing forth the word tomorrow morning, and I got something for y'all. The Lord got something for y'all. It's just me. I'm just the mouthpiece that he's using to bring that forth. So if y'all ain't doing nothing, go ahead and check us out online, uh, Mount Pleasant Church and Ministries. The service starts at 8, but you can catch the replay all day. Love you all. May the Lord richly bless you and keep you all. Until we shall meet again, see y'all next week. See ya. Thanks for tuning in to Headspace with Dr. Mike. We hope you enjoyed the show. Be sure to follow us on social media at Headspace DM to continue the dialogue with other Headspacers regarding today's show. Everyone is filling their Headspace with something. The question is, what are you filling yours with? Tune in next week. Thank you.